You're listening to Grumpire with your hosts, LB and Andrew. Massive gong grip on uh, some uh, nug and flower, grass, weed. Oh, you're... Bud? You're wheezing the juice? Is that what you're doing? No, I'm toking toking the gange. No. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's weird because it sounds like you're blowing bubbles in a bathtub. Bathtub? Yeah. No, but I did have to makeshift a a honey bear uh, and apple. (laughs) To, in order to make my bong. Uh-huh. I think it's called a bong. Anyway, welcome to our 420 show. <laughs> yeah, 420. Yay. Puff, puff past the mic. The duchy. What? On the left-hand side. I don't think anyone says any of these things in real life. Oh, um, I'm, I'm new to this whole thing. So, uh, <laughs> before I forget, because this uh, uh, smoke, as they say, makes it forgetful, uh-huh. how about everybody go support us through uh, tpublic.com slash user slash grumpire and uh, purchase the shirt for the summertime, because it's that time to buy it's, shirts and stuff. It's hot out there. Get yourself a t-shirt. Buy a t-shirt or something. These t-shirts, they're not the like the kind that where the, the print on the front is real thick and it sticks to you when you're sweating. These aren't those. These are real nice soft shirts with a non-plastic design stickage. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been uh, partaking, milady? As well? No, my liege. Uh, so, what, what's with all this Pot talk. Pot talk. Pot talk. Pot talk. Well, we've got an episode today of a couple of uh, stoner movies. Um, (laughs) Picked by a self-professed stoner. A lady. Would you call a stoner lady a a stonestress? Stonestress? (laughs) Stonestress. Stonestress. Yeah, it's pretty pretty cool, man. terrible yeah we've got taffeta with us today yeah podcaster and burgeoning author taffeta podcast and author so so mm-hmm. like what podcast well i know for sure she does inside baseball i'm a little bit i don't know she's <laughs> been done more than one or two but like, what are they called um i know she she does one with uh, mike vanderbilt um called centerfold pod the 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 long title is uh centerfold revealing culture through playboy what they do is they look through vintage Playboy magazines and use that as uh, like a springboard for discussing the culture of the time. So it's it's kind of like uh, if you've heard of TV Guidance Counselor. Oh yeah, um, yeah, our, yeah friend, Ken Reed. our friend Ken Reed. It, it's like that, but they do it for Playboys. Hmm, so. hmm. It's interesting. She does like this late night thing too. Yeah. Um, but that's like on hold, I think. Yeah, it, it's an emulation of like a late night radio host. 
um, where she plays music, she reads poetry, she, you, you know, it's like a, a variety show. Of like In, Insomniac theater. Yeah, 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 exactly. So. But, but on the radio. Right. And uh, the book she's working on is about working in a big box bookstore. So it's kind of like a history and chronicle, like personal story chronicle type of thing. Mm. Um, mm. So that's cool, right? Yeah. So uh, before we get to it, just a little note. There's some hinky audio stuff going on. Stuff that once once we were done, I couldn't be perfect about. So oh. bear with us. I think you could hear and understand everything though but for those of you out there who like to give negative reviews just don't for that reason i mean nobody's perfect man uh-huh anyway let's so, get to it yeah so why don't you like the big lebowski the big lebowski is the best movie in 1998 hilarious and wicked fun irresistible inspired comedy brilliantly original cool yeah, clever one of the funniest films ever made the big lebowski rated r <laughs> you know here's the thing about the big lebowski i don't know i I'm confounded. <laughs> I'm, I'm confounded by this movie, and I've been confounded by it since it came out. I have watched it a number of times since it came out. I have watched it super high. I've watched it just sort of garden variety high. I've watched it stone cold sober. This movie has everything that I love in it. The Coens are arguably my favorite. You know, they're in my like top handful of favorite filmmakers. Mm-hmm. It has a cast with all of my. I mean, it is a murderer's row of my favorite actors it's a stoner comedy and you know i'm quite the stoner it's got big set pieces and kind of musical numbers and fantasy sequences this is all stuff i love it looks beautiful it's just you know total eye candy it's got you know julianne moore speaking in a mid-atlantic accent it's got all kinds of things that i love in it and i don't like this movie and i feel like i'm supposed to like this movie and i've tried to like this movie and each time i go into it neutral thinking maybe this is the time that i'm gonna turn around and it'll be one that i love right and uh i did that again i watched it last night for this thinking maybe now is the time i'm going to find my way in but i tell you what whenever i watch it it's like it's a list of my favorite things but I can't connect to it it's like I'm watching it through a pane of glass I never do that thing where you know when it's a movie that you love or even that you you know kind of like where you kind of click and sink into it and you're really connected with it I don't like any of the characters Um, I find everybody frozen annoying and I just find myself checked out of it for the bulk of the movie. I mean, I don't know how many times I looked, I was like, God, how much more is there to this? And it's strange to me. And I've really had to think about it, trying to put my finger on why I don't like this movie that is so much beloved by everyone and feels like it should be much beloved by me. Um, but I just, I cannot connect to it. And in terms of it being sort of a, a stoner flick, I also feel like, ugh, look, that's so 
old-fashioned notion of somebody who gets up. You know, it's like this whole, like, Cheech and Chong, frozen boomer, like, lazy slacker. I don't know. I just, everyone annoys me. The plot annoys me. I don't like the way the feminist artist is treated as a character. I don't dig the dude. Like, seriously, why does everybody love the frozen dude so much? I recognize that there are great performances. I can see that these actors I love are doing a bang-up job, but I don't care about it. I'm low-level at the lead by it, and I can't connect with it. So there we are. <laughs> yeah, that, well, that is... I mean, you still didn't say why exactly, but it's kind of understandable. Now, I do have this yeah. question. Have you ever watched a movie with the intent that you've watched this each time to see if you liked it and it actually did click with you this final time? Yeah, I mean, I, that has happened before. Things that um, upon... Like what? upon first watch i'm trying to think of a good example but i know with books and with movies with music with everything with me i love revisiting things that i think i don't like because sometimes oh wait no now i'm ready for it um, we did that with the movie the box we watched the box um the... richard matheson written story short story turned into a movie with called the box with james marsden and uh, Cameron Diaz, a science fiction film that expands on that story. We watched it and we hated it, both of us. We were like, no. The next year I got in the mood to watch it for some reason, and from that point on, we've loved it. It's a very good movie. Yeah. I just thought of one, Jacob's Ladder for me. The first time I saw Jacob's Ladder, uh, saw it in the theater when it came out, did not care for it. I was like, oh boy, yeah, no, not for me. And now I really love that movie. think it's great. Mm. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I like it then because I saw yeah. it on cable when it came out and, and I did not like it. Yeah, uh, And I am not 100% certain what the shift was in me or my receptiveness to it. Sometimes I can pinpoint a thing, sometimes I cannot. But yeah, it definitely happens. And I love, that's one of the things that I like when I'm able to talk to people um, with opposing viewpoints. I, I dig that. And it's not in order to be argumentative or to try and sway anybody to my opinion. I want to hear why, because sometimes I have to reevaluate why I love something. Because sometimes I love something that's really not that great, but I love it because of <laughs> a sentimental or nostalgic attachment yeah. to it, which is mm -hmm. acceptable and fine, right. but that's different than really loving something. And I like reevaluating things where I just haven't thought of, you know, I only think of it the way that I thought of it when I saw it 40 years ago or what have you. And I like having new information and new perspective. And I am very open to changing my mind. And if it doesn't change my mind, having a discussion with somebody with an opposing viewpoint, it makes me double down on why I feel the way I feel. So right. in either way, I'm good with it as long as it's not just, you know, people being shouty at one another. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah LB. So yeah. Like, well, that's actually why our podcast exists. But yeah. leave that as a footnote. LB, you mm -hmm. don't like this. Well, you don't dislike it, but you don't like this movie. I Yeah, I'm sort of just indifferent towards the Big Lebowski. I saw it early on and I just really just did not get it. Like, it's, it's the thing. It's like, I just don't get it. And it's not that I can't understand what happens or like, you know, the, the motivations and et cetera, et cetera. It's just that I don't connect to it in any way whatsoever. The first time was the, you know, biggest occurrence of that. But since I've seen it um, 
subsequently after that, like I, I appreciate it more each time, but I still can't really say that I like it. And to think about why I don't connect to it, I mean, I don't know, it, like, is it as simple as this is just a guy movie and therefore I just can't really put myself in any you, of these places. You do this a lot though, LB. I do. That's a guy movie. I However, know, then you watch I do. Action, certain action movies and you're <laughs> super fine with those certain mm-hmm. action movies. However, let's say the guy movie movie of the nice guys you've yeah. been like that with that movie however yeah. when we put it on you immediately notice that it's great well yeah i mean and like lebowski is not not a great film i mean it's it's absolutely a great film like everything about it is just so like really well made and yeah. it's very you know each little thing in it is so thoughtful and like perfect and like all jackie the... treehorn's doodle is so good. yeah like every everything <laughs> about it is just so like well well done like there's so many like callbacks throughout the film that like it's just it's really good like interweaving of things that are going on and i mean it's it's really i don't know why i don't like it <laughs> now <laughs> but, okay wait wait we talked about this off mic and yeah part of your i'm gonna say semi-conclusion is not just dudes but the dudes around you mm-hmm. liked it yeah and the dudes around you i'm saying this you've never said this were kind of big dorks <laughs> Um, well, yeah, if you call listening to They Might Be Giants and, (laughs) um... <laughs> being really into like literary stuff, dorks, then yeah. Yes, I am calling all of that dorks. That's the thing that about the Lebowski that is like so tailored for a certain kind of dude is you know it's it's really got its roots in you know the Private Eye novel, like the Raymond Chandler allusions to everything and Long and Goodbye also, or whatever yeah, it's called. There's also the Western, you know, like and and the bowling thing. Like there's just not very much femininity in this whatsoever and the femininity that we get is, is from a bimbo <laughs> bimbo it's and a, a bimbo feminist it's like and the two, a feminist the two like um and, and it's a second wave feminist yeah yeah second wave feminist um well no no she wasn't se- second wave she's some weird mix of second and third because she's sex positive yeah but is she but she doesn't hate men the whole depiction of her and her art though is such a like you're gross conservative uncle at the uh, Thanksgiving table like yeah you know they're getting grants to do art where they put a speculum in, you know like that kind of thing yes but 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 those people who criticize that that stuff does and has existed so oh yeah Maude, just pulling Maude is the based lowest hanging fruit so it can uh, yeah. have a zing you know yeah it's well, also Maude really is based on real life artist you know so is lebowski's based yeah. on a real guy so who's mod based on do you know i don't yeah. know the other one carolee shoot sherman i don't know how to say her name she's one of those like kind of beat nicky artists from new york city in the 60s and she did that like confront you with the female form style of art yeah so that stuff exists is what i'm saying mm-hmm. and like sure it's a headline grabber <laughs> like the conservative folk mm. but it really did exist so i see the satire in it yeah i just feel like it's a one-dimensional portrayal for a joke that's not really giving any i don't know um weight to the it's just a throwaway kind of a thing that, I don't know. i'm not i'm not able to articulate it very well but hmm 
Okay. <laughs> well, back... Uh, I was big in the Coen Brothers. My first Coen Brothers movie was Raising Arizona. And then Hudsucker Proxy was really big, but I saw Barton Fink before then, and uh, my friend hated Barton Fink. I loved Barton Fink, but I didn't know why at the time, because I was a teenager, young, at like 17 or something. Um, kind of dumb. But then Hudsucker Proxy comes along, and I love the hell out of that thing. And my friend actually was like, Ugh, dragging his heels to go see it. And then he watched that, and it, that was like amazing to him, too. It's one of my favorite movies uh, of the holiday season. Hudsucker Proxy. Really great. But Fargo comes around and betrays me on the Coen Brothers style. <laughs> it's really flat. It's boring. The only thing, I'm talking visually, the only thing that's really good about it are the performances and the dialects and that whole story. <laughs> what the movie is is really good. But it doesn't look like Coen Brothers, so it betrayed me. And then this movie comes out. And for me, it redeemed them. However... I left the theater also not getting it. <laughs> so all the visuals were there, including, and if you watch Hudsucker Proxy and this and Hail Caesar and various other stuff, I think they even did a commercial for Coors or Bud Light or something that, in which they used some of the set from Hudsucker Proxy, but it was a musical. I don't dislike musical numbers and I don't dislike the concept of a musical. I'd rather like it as a music video than a movie. So those elements are, they, they pull from Singing in the Rain so much, in, including in this movie in theme or like those musical numbers where they're very elaborate and strange. Singing in the Rain has those. So they just love that movie. So they're like, let's do that in The Big Lebowski for no reason. And Gary Busby Burke. What? He gets hit on the head. <laughs> what? So all that stuff redeemed it. But then at the same time, I didn't connect to any of it. I was... I was square kid i still am but I, I get more of it now and i can quote the dang thing like no it's like <laughs> i don't even try to quote it and it just happens are you gonna join dudism andrew no i'm not <laughs> i don't like the fandom around it that's another thing <laughs> fandoms drag <laughs> yes. a thing down <laughs> i think yeah that's you know it's natural to like book against something that's popular because of the fans of said popular thing so that, like after seeing it and not quote-unquote getting it and then you know all the guys that i was hanging around with you just like endlessly quoted it blah 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 blah, blah the tau of dude whatever man just made me really hate it even more because i'm like shut up you guys i don't uh, I, i'm I'm gonna this is a prompt for you Elby, and i think yeah. i think you might be able to answer this you can answer too but is there a chick flick or a traditionally more female film uh-huh. that you also have this kind of negative reaction to uh Greece? no Greece? i don't yeah <laughs> i don't know i don't i, don't I mean that's highly quotable yeah not princess bride oh the princess bride I, i'm not telling you you told it's, me earlier i prompted it, you and you lost in, it that's inconceivable Andrew, no one, no one hates the Princess Bride. Oh, you do. Yeah, I do. I don't want to get it. No, I mean it's the same situation of like obviously it's a great movie, it's a good time, but like I just can't stand it because of theater children. So I mean, yeah. I love it, and I was a, a an annoying theater kid, um, but I completely understand that. Like, who oh boy can I? I'm simply like I don't. I at one point in the '90s, in the late '90s, I went to this really cool church. It's the only good church I ever been to. It was a very small congregation. Some of them were very theatrical, and this dude Gino wouldn't not quote that. And then, like, one of the coolest girls walks by, and she hears him quoting it, and then she joins in. No, no. It. And it's like I'm just like cringing at anybody want a peanut. <laughs> 
and yeah, it's just like consistently ruins the movie for me when people yeah. like throw gifts of the thing up. That's the quote now. They're throwing gifts of it up. You don't even have to do a bad impression now. You just throw a gif. But yeah, I mean, I'm with Princess Bride there too. It's really fun and has a lot of great stuff. Oh yeah, to it. it's wonderful. It's but, it's a wonderful film. But the fandom. <laughs> What's the oh. quote? The quote is, I never follow the crowd because that's where the crowd went. Oh. The quote from my friend Marty. Oh. And I, I, I like that because that's true for me. It makes me lonely. Oh. But lonely like, I, I love Twin Peaks, but I don't I don't even get annoyed at the fandom. I just stay away from it, lest I be annoyed with it. You know? It might ruin it for you. Talk backwards right now. Andrew Wajiron. Norridge-Gob. Andrew Bargeron. That's Andrew Bargeron backwards. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I've had a couple of Caucasians. So Keeping on theme. See, I'm just drinking generic yeah. Diet Coke, so... <laughs> no fun. Uh, I'm surprised it wasn't a sarsaparilla. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so so the elements that you love that don't gel for you in the film, what's the worst, most egregious thing? There should be no reason that I'm not absolutely wild about the character of Maud. Um, I was literally watching it last night, and I'm like, I'm wearing exactly the same makeup right now uh, as she is. Um, and I love, I love a mid-Atlantic way of speaking, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And she just annoyed mm -hmm. me. That and the big fantasy sequences. They were gorgeous. I mean, really, truly gorgeous. And you know, I can't get enough of any kind of a showgirl number because mm -hmm. I'm a showgirl, love that kind of thing. Um, but I watch them and I just feel like I, I want to connect to it. I want to love these. But I feel, yeah, again, like I'm watching it through a pane of glass. Like I'm once removed from the action and I can appreciate the beauty of it for my eyeballs. But overall, I just, um, it doesn't move me in any way. And it, that disappoints me. And I, I don't know what it is about me, you know, that, that, that's not able to overcome this dis sense of disconnection with it. Yeah. Now, on, on a story level, it's this goobery loser. I don't know if he's a goober. He's definitely a loser. He's not a detective at all, right? No, he he has undisclosed income. Yeah, so like he's he's not anything, and he's that's kind of the thing that uh, gets me to go like, really? <laughs> he he then goes ahead and does detective work to it numerous times throughout as a complicated case as a case right. he uses that word very right. specifically and it's like well and i i understand the the ridiculousness of it and that's part and parcel to the cohen brothers yeah fair but that was the first confusing thing for me like he's not a detective so why is he doing this okay i get that he's roped into being like he he can recognize people so mm -hmm. that's like it and then that falls through so leave it alone <laughs> don't do anything more with it but he just keeps going and i at first for the first several times i've seen it until this final time i didn't realize that they actually resolved the story i never thought that the film had a resolution it never felt like it had a resolution mm -hmm. even though she bunny comes driving back into town and he had already said bunny kidnapped herself or or something like they were got really close to really what happened in in his explanation but to me, at the time, there was no clarity or resolution or anything, even though there was. 
the story did wrap itself up and kind of with a sad ending well maybe that's because of the the sam elliott caps like there's something about that that just seems like it's uh well fantasy you know yes like it's a f- fantastical breaks story. the breaks the fourth wall immediately yeah you know? yeah and to have a storyteller like that a narrator i guess you could say um kind of makes it seem as if he's trying to tie things up that aren't tied up or something hmm. but yeah i yeah i understand what you're saying because it feels like it doesn't really have a resolve even though it kind of does right because like, i, I realized because, this time that yeah, it now kind of does because dude's so listless anyway you know yeah. like, so his life his life goes on regardless it's all so floaty and dreamy and uh, disconnected anyway that you can't really put a pin on that. I mean, yes, there is actually a resolution when we see her and all of that, but it just, mm-hmm. it, I agree, it doesn't feel like it, does it? I want to feel like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I do want to, there is a movie that does it, and it does it amazingly. What's that? It's called Kid Detective. Kid Detective. Oh, yeah came out last year maybe the year before with what's his name adam brody adam brody and the end of the film is after the resolution and it really actually gets to the heart of what's going on and i'm just gonna say it's a man crying and it is is heartbreaking and you understand everything that transpired before but it does something that it says this is really meaningful it's very therapeutic i'll have to check that out i haven't seen it yeah, it's it's really quite good. You don't as you're watching it, you don't know if it's going to be quite good. It's a mm-hmm. sneaky little movie, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, that's that's a good one. Kid detective. Have you, have you guys heard the this fan theory about Lebowski that Donnie is actually a ghost? Why would he be a ghost if they're talking to him? Well, see, that's that's the thing. Like, okay, so the the, the theory is that um, Donnie is uh, one of Walter's pals from Vietnam who died in battle and um, is, throughout the whole film, is a figment of Walter's imagination because he feels guilty for Donnie dying. Yes, so, I mean, that so, sounds okay, but... <laughs> yeah, sure. so they're saying, like, every time that Donnie talks, it's Walter talking to himself. But... Why would the dude yeah, see, that, talk that's, about Donnie? Yeah, who knows? I mean, that that doesn't make any sense. But and there, there's there are times where Donnie like talks to the dude too when he's like phones ringing, dude, or whatever. Yeah, all um, of Donnie's all. Of, I do really appreciate yeah. all of the Donnie scenes. Those yeah. are very funny. Where he's late, he's behind everything that's going on mm-hmm. in the conversation. Right. Well, see, that's part of the evidence that he's a ghost is because he's always kind of lagging behind. So. How, who has that? How is that evidence? Who has met a ghost <laughs> to recognize that that's how ghosts behave? <laughs> ghost with a bad connection. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, hold on. Let me call you from, from the boo phone, not the red phone, but the boo phone. The boo phone on the desk next to the lamp. Boo phone. The blue phone. phone. Oh, I was doing a riff on Twin Peaks, Albie. Oh, oh. Not the not the brown phone, but the boo phone. Oh, oh. Stop referencing Twin Peaks. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm trying to get everybody drunk. It's it's an old game we used to have. That's an old game. Every time Andrew mentioned Twin Peaks, it was taken. And it was always organic. It was always mm-hmm. organic. Yeah, he's obsessed. Except maybe a couple of times. <laughs> But it was organic. It was also around the time when, like, season three was ramping up, LB. It was mm-hmm. on my brain. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Mm-hmm. You know Keep it. Give me 911. Call me on my boo phone. 
<laughs> and he scatters ashes at the end. Come on. So he's a ghost throughout the rest he's of the movie. He's a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A I sense. feel like that's people trying too hard and maybe, I don't know. It's a that's Lebowski fans for you. Yeah, that does feel right. Yeah. Now, have you ever seen this on television? Like just on network television? TNT or something, yeah. Uh, no, huh? Uh, they censor it. It's and hilarious. It's, it's so funny. So they censor. I mean, other than language, which is obvious, but Langu- language and of course, like they cut maybe maybe alternate scenes, but the language is a dub, and they actually have John Goodman do it. You see what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps? That's what happens. You see what happens, Larry? You see what happens, Larry? This is what happens when you feed us scrambled eggs. What happens, Larry? It's so good. It's it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> when you feed a stranger scrambled eggs. Yes. Yeah, when they bust up the car. Yeah. <laughs> it's so run, good. When they run Fargo on a network, my favorite thing ever is that they replace the F word in that with Frozen. And uh, I love <laughs> <laughs> Are you some kind of Frozen authority figure? Um, and it's appropriate for Fargo and all, but it's just the funniest thing to me and I think about it a lot and I love it a lot and sometimes I will say frozen in place of an f word um and <laughs> feel free it's, it's really very funny um, oh that's great yeah so any any other meaty things that you just can't hang with or have we covered them all um Mostly, uh, we've covered them all. Um, but one thing I just sort of for funsies want to add in is my grandfather, my paternal grandfather, owned a bowling alley from the 50s to the early 80s. And so a lot of my early life was spent hanging in a real old fashioned bowling alley. And so uh, it is sort of a treat to see a bowling alley. I can, I can smell the lane oil and uh, the sounds <laughs> of bowling alleys, that kind of thing. Um always bring me a little bit of pleasure so i did a short movie for a kid's college thing and it's some sort of like two people on a date at a bowling alley no story i was one of i was the guy there was a girl when we were both bowling that was that kind of an old bowling place they use it in a lot of hollywood productions and this kid had it from his uh, film school i only have photos of it i never saw the final film the kid was a bad filmmaker too so I wasn't even an actor. I just did him a favor. But yeah, I, I understand that kind of bowling alley. That's like maybe one of the only times I've ever been in that kind of bowling alley. Because the rest are what, what are they called now? The main event, oh, LB? Like, David like, yeah, Busters. Like Dave like, and Busters and stuff like that. Big, stupid. Well, we have we have Flamingo Bowl than... down the street. Like, but we've never been in. We've never been. But I'll give it a shot. Bowling alley. I love the names of classic bowling alleys. So, like, if you don't mind, what was your grandfather's called? Highway Lanes, because it was on oh. 31. Highway Lanes. That's good. Uh, important to note that it was spelled H-I hyphen W-A-Y, Highway Lanes. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. And the greatest part was the, like, the outdoor sign for it was um you know really really big like think like um telephone pole poles with um four or five five i think uh bowling pins on top like gigantic bowling mm. pins and then highway lanes and then kind of a starburst and it had been good for uh yeah since 
50s through, I think it was 1980 when um, he sold it and retired. So, yeah, um, it was just a classic, classic, you know, real old fashioned one. Far more old fashioned than what you see in this. But um, mm -hmm. I do have I do have a little bit of a soft spot for that. Yeah, that's cool. Was it in Indiana? Yes. Hey, it's still around. Uh, well, it's some big bowling center now. It's the sign's not there anymore, and it's a uh, you know like a regular corporate um, you know bowling center. So different. Yeah, the kind that I don't like. <laughs> I saw recently a picture of like a Target store, like Target, <laughs> that had moved into an old bowling alley from I think it was in Portland, and wow, they they weird. kept yeah they kept the motif, oh, and cool. so like the Target yeah, the Target uh, sign is like the old style sign that has squares like each letter is in a square. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That, like that kind of thing, and like the, the big red balls that are outside most Targets uh -huh. like are painted like bowling balls oh i love like that, that. Yeah. oh that's really cool i would love it was kind of kind of neat you know i mean corporate crap but still. yeah still a little bit of flavor yeah so so uh, the alternate to your wait uh, andrew what what why i don't understand why you always forget that i have to do something did i forget important. or is this a bit you always forget that i have to do something very important did i forget or is this a bit <laughs> I know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, you know, Taffeta, I was I was at my parents' house recently. <laughs> you were <laughs> actually it was actually like, usually usually that doesn't apply, but yes, I you know. were. <laughs> and you know, when you go to your parents' house, they, you know, the, your old bedroom, and there's a bunch of crap that you had when you were growing up or whatever. Well, I found this old book of poetry that I wrote in high school. Now, you were in high school around this time. So this actually tracks. I was. This tracks. I was. So, yeah. okay, I do not object to any of this so far. Yeah, see, a lot of times I find this, like, you know, book of poetry from high school, and then, like, oh my gosh, there's a... There's a poem in here about Suspiria from 2018. What? But this one, I guess, is a real one that I, I wrote a poem back in 1998 about the Big Lebowski. But I don't, I don't really know if this is a poem so much as like, I think Thoughts? I was... Yeah, it was just thoughts of I, I was I was being a little angsty, I think, and a little tired of going to school, you know, that kind of thing. And so this was just like scrawled in terrible handwriting in my poetry book. But I'll, I'm going to read you this. I'm pretty sure it's about the Lebowski. But it says, OK, <clears throat> is this your homework, LB? Is this your homework, LB? You got to keep that a average. So put away that beverage. Stop stealing your parents' Kahlua, man. <laughs> is, this your, is this your homework, Elby? You should concentrate. That's it. <laughs> I guess I, I was trying to do my homework and got distracted by the big Lebowski, I think. <laughs> uh, were you trying to do your homework at uh, the uh, movie theater? I might have been doing that. I might have... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, seventeen. Wow. Okay. Here's. I'm just yeah, throwing this up 30, here. So. I'm. I was looking while you were doing this. I was laughing because mm -hmm. I could hear. But I'm also scrolling through Google Images, looking for Highway Lanes Bowling Indiana vintage photos, and I can't find any. Darn it! But then I scroll way, 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 way down, and I see a picture of the dude saying, "It's a white Ukrainian from now on, man." <laughs> What? 
<laughs> now, to quote another thing that I often say, that's a plate of shrimp if I ever seen one. Yeah. Because I'm looking for something else entirely. Yeah, I haven't been able to find any pictures of the highway lanes, so. Dang it. White Ukrainian. So, that was a poem. <laughs> I guess. I mean, you said you thought it was just thoughts or something, but it actually yeah. did have some poetic delivery, so. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> All right, on to your alternate. <laughs> the movie you prefer over <laughs> Big Lebowski. so weird. I can't. Uh, I, you don't like so weird, Taffeta. <laughs> Is, what's the movie? I'm weird. Okay. The movie that I like better <laughs> as an alternative to uh, sort of a, a guy stoner comedy is Grandma's Boy. If you think video games fry your mind <laughs> and make you stupid, your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. You're lost. What is that ringing? Do I have a tumor? Now, for this ultimate gamer. Who wants a shot at the champ? Who's going down? Desperate times. Josh has been spending our rent money on Filipino hookers. You're a hooker! I got evicted. Timmy, any chance I can crash on your couch tonight? Shut up. Call for desperate measures. This really cute chick said that I could sleep with her and her two crazy girlfriends. You remember my grandson, Alex? How old are you now? 36. You have a girlfriend? No. My grandson's gay, too. I'll give you his number. Why are you so tired? Because I was with three chicks last night. Don't tell me your roommates did that to you. They're crazy. They tied me up. That is legendary. You looking for Alex? We're his roommates. <laughs> You're the reason Alex has been tired all week? We ride him pretty hard. Oh, that is so gnarly. Now. I was putting up my Christmas tree. Dude, it's July. And, uh, why are you naked? Oh my god, I am naked! Come on in! From Level 1 Entertainment comes a comedy that proves... Don't judge me, monkey. You're never too old. This tea has quite a kick. <laughs> ...to come of age. I can hear my hair growing. Hey, uh, Sophie didn't die in the bed, did she? No. Good, good. No. She fell out of bed and died right here. Grandma's Boy. Oh, oh. Died on the floor, and nobody helped me. I swear to God, I would have helped you, Sophie. Please don't kill me. Please don't kill me. I would have helped you. I just wasn't here. Gotcha! Oh my God! You scaredy cat. <laughs> Why? What? <laughs> Why? Um, we we did watch it. We watched the unrated version. Yeah, that's that's the one that I've watched as well. Uh, I own it, as a matter of fact. Um. Yeah, so it does not look beautiful like the but, hey, I'll tell you, it doesn't actually look terrible either for that kind yeah. of a film. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of on the top tier of that kind of a film. Yeah, it's uh, visually. It works. Um, it is not beautiful. It doesn't have amazing actors in it or anything. But you know what? It makes me I beg your laugh. pardon? Rob Schneider is an amazing actor. <laughs> okay, Deuce Bigelow. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Have you seen the hot chick? <laughs> no, I have Stop. not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I love have you seen Big Stan? No, oh, I no. don't They're even like know that that's a thing. Um, no. I love this one because it makes me laugh, for one. Like, it makes me laugh. And another thing that I love about it, because I'm I'm older than you guys. Um, I'm Gen X. Uh, Gen X. I'm Gen X. I'm uh, Gen X 1974. I'm 1970. So, so we're 
close, you know, but we wouldn't have even been in high school together. Yeah. One of the things that I really appreciate about Grandma's Boy is that as a stoner comedy, these are the people who get high all the time that I recognize from my life. I mean, I'm a Seattle girl. Um, uh, Yeah, I've only recently moved away from there. And this feels more like my kind of stoner humor. And Lebowski is, to me, more reflective of a a boomer kind of a thing. It's like Cheech and Chong. Oh, it definitely is boomer. Yeah, and Big Lebowski and stuff. And so I just, I don't, that's not, like, I don't know people like that. The people I know are, we all have jobs. And of course, being from Seattle, a lot of tech jobs and stuff. So those environments, those kinds of people, the archetypes that we're seeing in this one are familiar to me. And any movie is, is kind of more fun if it's familiar to your your experience. And yeah, it consistently makes me laugh. I know every word of this movie and I still laugh so hard at it and it's preposterous it's inconsistent there's issues with plot uh, and <laughs> character in it but i don't care because it is freaking funny the whole way through I also I, i'm gonna the- give you some pushback on this if you don't mind oh please and that's what it's about i understand there are certain things that are really funny like nick swardson's right. character in total yes. and most of what nick swardson does in this film is genuinely Hilarious. funny. Yes. Because of how like kind of clueless and deadpan he is about himself and why he's ridiculous. He doesn't even have mm-hmm. any clue about that. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. fine. But then he also does like jokes with other people. So you, you understand that he has like a sense of humor about <laughs> situations and other people. Just not about himself. Yeah, he's not very self-aware. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. uh, layer-wise, that's really good humor comedy also eagle eye would spot gay robot which is a yes problematic yes. short <laughs> series that he did and it started on an adam sandler clip which holy crap that adam sandler clip from him, that album we just listened to it afterwards and like that one is like super homophobic now the show itself teeters away from the homophobia so much it still has the super horny robot who just wants to pound every guy that he meets but he's a robot but uh it's done in such a way that it seems to be a little bit more respectful whereas the adam sandler skit doesn't but that voice that he does so funny gay robot voice is one of the funniest voices i've ever heard agreed but yeah nick swardson what a guy Uh, hilarious Uh, the scene with him uh doing the dance dance revolution i still (laughs) like did i break it did i high score what's high score mean yeah, I, did I, I break it? I like did I break yeah. it? That's good too. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. now the pushback is the really obvious Matrix stuff. Like I, I really wish you could make a joke about the Matrix without it being a terrible comment or a terrible joke. I hate the Matrix except for the first movie. I can't stand the rest of them. They just keep getting yeah, they're worse. Not my bag either. But the fandom around the Matrix, yes, it was valid that this guy was very much like those guys. I know JP. I know JP's in real life. Right. So JP, <laughs> well, there's another comment I got to make about him in a second. But the Matrix thing first. Yes. Yeah. I mean, but it's they set him up that way just so that they can say, welcome back from the Matrix or whatever the joke was. It's not <laughs> even a joke. But like, 
just a reference. They they make him look that way just so they can have one dumb scene with one dumb dialogue bit about the Matrix. And I guarantee whoever's watching it when they first saw it probably I, that's not a guarantee, is it? But they most likely laughed, like laughed. Ha ha ha! I know that. It's the Matrix. Yes, and he's dressed just ha ha ha. Like it's programmed. Like they've got to laugh. I, I objected to that. I even made the comment like he walks up and I'm like, eh, Matrix. And then he does the Matrix joke. But what's with his robot voice? When he is afraid, he retreats into a, a mm. mewling, sad robot. Um, because Well, that's... I don't think it's just sad. I think he's just super weird. Like, sad would be like almost like gay robot, right? Okay, I'm sad. You know, that sort of thing. But this is like, I'm horny. Give me a hug. Whatever. Like... <laughs> He says sit on my face at one point. Yes, he does. That... <laughs> so it's like... Well, it just... What... It seems like he's autistic. And I'm, I'm not saying that to, like, be mean. Right. I mean, I pointed but, that like... out, too. Like, they kind of write yeah. what say. Oh, yeah. They're, they're definitely pulling from that. And and I think there are a lot of, of things in it that sort of would lead one uh, to think that he might be on a spectrum of some sort. But um, I just think that, that I don't think it's just for one gag, though, because uh, I think that, well, like I said, I've, I've known a number of JPs in real life, and um, I, <laughs> there's, there's a lot funny about them. And I think that the performance also uh, was pretty fearless because he gets crazy weird. Not only the robot voice, but the crying and the sort of just mewling and the ineptitude with um, social skills and with the ladies and all. And not having any clue why he's he's really bad at it is real funny to me. Yeah, his one thing that I was like, that's a ripoff, was like he pulls out his card and it's yeah. very Jim Carrey delivery. I was like, he's ripping off Jim Carrey right there. It's whole hand mo- motion. It's rip off Jim Carrey. I stand by that, too. Yeah, it was still funny. But it's just a gesture. Yeah. <laughs> it's not his whole performance. It's just, like, two seconds. But, uh, yeah, I, I love that about it. Um, I think the soundtrack's kind of fun. Um, it has a real peppy, upbeat kind of 80s vibe. It's got the future heads in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like the future heads. I really very much like the idea that it's more reflective of, of yeah, people that I know. And... In the way that I couldn't connect with Lebowski, this one I can connect with it, and I like the people in it, even though they might not be the most fully functional. But, you know, our main character, Alex, he clearly really does adore his grandma. You know, it's not, she's not just a device. He loves her, and you can see them. They have a little bit of chemistry, Doris Roberts and this guy. Yeah, they they respect Mm -hmm. each other. They're real cute. That's good. And of course, um, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk a little bit about how the character that Shirley Jones plays is total <laughs> um, and, uh, I, I love an elder slut um, uh, I absolutely do uh, I think she's great and I did a little bit of math um, because that's the level of, of person you're dealing with here is I did a little math because when Nick Swardson says that that it was his first time and she says ah oh, that's cute honey you're my I don't know, 3,000-something. Mm-hmm. Not that big of a hoe. Because if you do the math, based on, and I'm being generous here, her beginning her sexual life at age 20, and her being probably early 70s in this, it's like one a week. 
it's like one one new a week ah, on average. And I don't <laughs> I don't find that to be so bad. So uh, yeah, but I just I I thought that she was really funny. I thought that the scenes with she and Swartzen were really terrific, and that um, you know I I go on about this a lot. Um, sort of generally, uh, now that I've entered my, uh, elder years, um, <laughs> that, that we just don't see women over a certain age at all, full stop in any kind of media. And if we do see them sexy at all, it's almost always played as desperate and pathetic. Right. Right. Or ghoulish and grotesque yeah. and for laughs. Right, and right, it's right. mockery. Right, yeah, yeah, that's... Right. Well, it, well it, the other one is also a joke. It's played as a joke. Like, this was played mm-hmm. as a joke, but it didn't. It wasn't a but, joke on her. Not at right, her expense. It right, it wasn't disrespectful to her in any way whatsoever. Anyway. I mean, my parents would find it disrespectful that she referred to herself as a slut or whatever. That she, They would be like, <laughs> how dare she? She's... You know, but, yeah, but but I mean, they're having more issues with aside. just sluts in general, which is you know their, right. their problem yeah. with respect to your yeah. parents, who I'm sure are very fine people. <laughs> As a slut, it just it it bothers me <laughs> when when it's always a joke, it's always ghoulish and all. And so she wasn't. Um, she was funny, but she wasn't the butt of a joke at all. Yeah, that's what I was right. saying. She wasn't the butt, and he kind of wasn't the butt either they she right okay so she's she kind of hand waved his his first time but it didn't seem cruel to him no no not at all mm-hmm. not at all and um also the way that she looks because she looks beautiful um but she mm. also doesn't look you know she's a sexual woman of a certain age and she looks beautiful but they're not putting her in an overly made up with makeup look they're not sticking yeah. really long hair on yeah, her. she's yeah. not wearing something too short shorthand tight or yeah all of those things are absent and um i really absolutely love that i i know it's a silly thing to be so happy about but precious few examples my friends um whenever i start on my little tirades about this somebody always gives me the but what about helen mirren and you know what i love (laughs) helen mirren um arguably nobody loves helen mirren more than me and yes she's freaking hot and we all love her and lust after her but that is one 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 example and you Mm. know get a cookie for one and that's just another little nugget in this movie that makes it fun for me. Uh, and even though it's kind of a sausage fest, this is a dude movie, right? We have kind it's of a, a to- complete dude movie. Yeah, it's, it's got the trip. cool girl trope in it. Yeah, it okay. does. Oh, I was gonna ask you about yeah. Elby, Go ahead, Linda Cardellini, because like it's yeah. you. I I know your feelings on Maud Lebowski. What are your feelings on What's-Her-Face? I forget her character's name. I'm sorry. Yeah, she's tokenized. And it is definitely the cool girl trope. Um, I cannot argue with that. But I think that what sort of overcomes it for me is that everybody's treating her with, really, with respect. Um, as... uh, I, 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 no, no, please. Sitting around the table, they're all staring at her, gawking at her because she's pretty. That's her introduction scene. Okay, or you could be looking at the person presenting at the head of the table because they're the boss and paying attention. 
Oh, no, no. They presented the scene as if they were all gawking at her. And so, you know... Well, then, that's true. That's know, true. Uh, that's so true. that's really on them. But I think that uh, I'm fine with that. Um, and I don't feel like... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would agree that it, it well, it, well, does well, fall. It, after that scene, the rest of the scenes with her and those guys, they weren't continuing on about it. We're they not. were done gawking at her. Yep. Yep. So it got the joke or whatever in that one scene, and then they moved on from that, and then she was a person. Yeah. And so, yeah, uh, it's not perfect, um, and that's fine with me. God knows neither am I. No, this has to be sinless. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, I, I would say that it would be great if there were more women. It would be great if she were a little more fleshed out. But I think, uh, again, I'm uh, I'm maybe probably a little more forgiving because I, I do like her. And I think that she has good chemistry with um, the guy who plays Alex, Alan Covert, I think is his name. Mm. And uh, I like the depictions of the elder women, you know, the grandma herself, Doris Roberts. She's real mm. funny. And she's cool, too, when they have that house party, which, by the way, that is a party mm. I would like to attend. That looked like a fun you know, party. You know, you mentioned more women. There is. <laughs> another woman and she's the milkmaid uh, i'm kind of affectionately scene? call her the milkmaid. what is this scene it's just like it makes no sense to me whatsoever they jonah, jonah screwed hill, up the joke they screwed up the dialogue they, did. they really did like i would say jonah hill walks into the room carrying a cookie yeah walks up to this this bimbo this like generic yeah, uh, she's generic, a generic blonde bimbo yes blonde bimbo just like whatever and then a Buford's Beach Bunny, one of those. <laughs> and she's like, hey, honey, or whatever. And have some milk. Have some milk. Or, or I don't know. What does she say? Yeah, that's exactly? it. It, that's it makes no sense that she does not reference the cookie. Like, she just, like, now, automatically takes all, her shirt off. and like, It makes no sense that he just wanders up. He could be wandering <laughs> past her, and she could, you know, grab his attention, and he should say something like, uh, I've got this cookie i need to i'm gonna go get some milk like because he's flustered because she's a hot bimbo you know yeah and so he should be flustered and just be like insecure and just look at his you know you know george costanza the thing look at his cookie go like i i I gotta go get some milk and she's like boom boom i've got your milk right here sweetheart exactly it's some perfect setup for (laughs) that joke instead they got too horny and had to jump ahead and show her <laughs> bazoombas or whatever you call it. I love, love that you use that word. That is awesome. Agreed. Uh, yeah, I won't argue with that. It's totally accurate. The only thing that I will say, and I don't think it's really a defense of it, but I will say that in the tradition of lighthearted romps of yesteryear, when like some gratuitous <laughs> boobage was thrown into a real dude stoner movie just because that it it's more reminiscent of that and i don't know well no it has a completely great follow-up whole running gag <laughs> no pun intended because yeah. he's mm-hmm. locked his mouth around her boob for uh, entirety of that yeah into the morning and later the callback to it is whatever his name is saw his own his first boob and then he's like sucked it or whatever for for the whole night <laughs> Yeah. You know, it just comes around full circle in a decently written way for such a crass joke, you know. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely crass, but, you know, so am I. I don't know. I'm forgiving of it. But I won't disagree with, with that assessment at all. It's a clumsily handled gag that could have gone better and still had boobs, right? Boobs, though. Yeah, I, I mean, I like boobs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh... Who doesn't like boobs? Everybody likes boobs. Even yeah. if they say they don't like boobs, unless they haven't been breastfed, just about everybody likes boobs. It's the first I thing they ever I don't know if I was see. breastfed. Yeah, I don't uh, know. You're very scrutinous of boobs, too, Elf. I am. I'm very particular about the boobs that I like. <laughs> I'm like, that's a perfectly acceptable boob, and it will be. And, and I'm she's like, like, thumbs I don't know, there's, down. There's kind of a slope to the, and it, then that one is like, nah, so no. I'm oh like, god. dude, it's perfectly acceptable. I'm so self-conscious now. I'm like, oh god, I get mine out on the red online, and now I'm like, is is LB judging me harshly? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. And, well, no, okay, here's, I, I don't like big boobs. I don't like them where they're too big. I don't like big naturals, whatever. I'm not a fan of big boobs. I don't like implants. Like, <laughs> like I can't stand, like, boobs that look like they're just bolted on. Of course, I could find examples that LB would like that would be the exception to these rules. I could mm -hmm. find biggins for her to <laughs> like and she would be like, yes, I concede. That's a good... Uh, yeah, or fakies. I don't... And yes, I, don't, I concede, but... I don't like when they separate too much. East-West, rather. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I like it. I like, you know, just like a little... Like one example. boob right in the center. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I like. <laughs> <laughs> I like a third eye, but boob. So cyclops. Yeah, yeah. That's what but what's saying. the third what's the eye, side boob? Is side boob? It sounds like side boob. Side. It's not, I mm. like when when boobies come out the back. Breastclops? No, that would be like a breast in your eye. <laughs> I, do the, I do the under thing rather than the side thing. I like the under, but that's what I'm usually serving. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> in my, <laughs> it's usually the kind of under thing. Um, but they are they are the real under. small. Real small. Gotta gotta work extra hard because they are not not big. The only upside of that is now that I've entered my elder years, they are still remarkably perky, um, which is a good thing. Yeah, you don't got knee knock. Well, that's the thing. That, that's what that's, they're called. Yeah, that's the the advantage to small boobs. Yeah, you, you don't really have to worry too much about sagging. Uh, because, okay, so yeah. so this is pretty great. Um, <laughs> Mom and dad are gonna walk by the kid <laughs> listening to this podcast <laughs> about. Two, two movies and then just only hear the boob talk and be like, son, yeah. what are you listening to? While he's uh, frantically um, trying to adjust he's like, He's like, this is an anatomy podcast. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm studying. an artist. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm studying models on a podcast. Yeah, that's, that, that's, no, that's, uh, that's you. That's, that's you. an excuse I, I made to my dad when he found a picture of an unclothed lady on the computer back in the day when you had to clear the history. I was like, I'm looking to draw, dad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's great. Yes. But they, yeah. he's doing that with a podcast. That's why it's so ridiculous, Elvie. You see? Andrew, what are, what are your boobs like, Andrew? I'm a little bit more ample-bosomed now, but I'm rather flat-chested still, uh, mm. as I'm uh, 48 soon. Well, I've, you need, uh, you need I, to look I, at Mr. Danny Elfman, sir. I know. Yeah. I know. I need if he to, can do it, you can do I it. I need to have his millions of dollars that can afford him the time and trainers that uh, can whip him into shape. Yeah. Unless yeah. he just did it by himself. But he Maybe definitely he still had the time because of the money. So mm -hmm. that's the thing yeah. that I don't have. <sighs> he looks good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've, I've derailed the, the show. Boobs and then Elfman. Yeah. Well, you know, 
we got to see his. So, but yeah, it's. Uh, oh, and wait, I also have a third nipple. So I mean, that thing's like. I didn't want to say it. I was gonna let you mention that. Well, there, I did. Because you get nipple. mad at me when I talk about your third nipple without well, your consent. Permission. Yeah, mm-hmm. Bond villain. That's great. I have a third nipple. It's it's not it an actual breast or boob, but I, I consider it my female intuition is right there. <laughs> it's my parasitic twin sister. So I'm like, hey, don't look. Just that part. Wow. I'm modest. I love it. So did you guys enjoy, overall, did you enjoy Grandma's Boy? Yes, I enjoyed it. It's a terrible <laughs> movie. It's so bad. <laughs> I was like, this is not a better movie than The Big Lebowski, but it is fun. Oh, I, I don't think it's better i think i enjoy it <laughs> yeah. really different no things. the whole question was what what you like more yeah. and that's mm-hmm. this is true you like this okay more. now the the another thing that i don't like here i have to say is the action figure scene where he's <laughs> whacking it to laura croft i like that um uh you who who likes that which one said i that? do you i do? said that. I, I don't I like, like the action figure it's supposed to be laura croft they should have just said something else i don't know they couldn't get the rights to laura croft but they keep on calling her laura or something and it, i thought he said really... dora for a second I yeah like, right mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's but it's laura the explorer yeah right <laughs> not dora the explorer so it's laura croft supposedly mm-hmm. but since i'm also of an age and i didn't really play this game too often i played the very first clunky blocky polygonal one with the giant pyramids for her chest but there's nothing to indicate that that's her and it's supposed to be and they even talked about it elsewhere that it's supposed to be and then well she's wearing like tactical gear so the colors is she's just wearing black i couldn't tell what it was so i think the scene didn't have uh, the kind of meaningfulness that it was supposed to on paper it did but they couldn't execute it that way because they couldn't get the rights to it okay also could it just be that he grabbed an action figure has laura croft in his head and whatever will do in the moment i mean Uh uh-huh yeah you're a stoner (laughs) this is your stoner brain that's what i like about it is because it shows how like weird and desperate men are sometimes what and what and i like to hear people talk dirty i don't know if it's desperation i'll be the thing is you need a little kickstart sometimes if you're feeling that way but then you also don't know how if you're going to commit like it used to be a mervyn's ad for me by the way Mm -hmm. uh, cameron diaz used to be in it was like yeah did you jerk off to cameron diaz lb i'm trying to be couth about this and not say jerk off sorry but i don't think i did but i did recognize her in bikini ads or whatever mm. in southern california i was like when the mask came out i was like that's the same girl from the mask <laughs> where are boobs because those are fake boobs uh, it's a water bra or whatever wonder bra water bra that was a thing remember water bras uh isn't that like a precursor to wonder bra and contemporaneous yeah the, the, the similar time frame uh yeah and it was just to you know get that full cleavage look that was and the natural movement that water would bring to like the liquidy sort of i never had one i don't think i ever actually saw one i never had one either which you would think you would think that i would with the aforementioned small boobs but you know (laughs) no i i've i've not used those but yeah i i don't know I'm fine with it. I thought it was really funny, too. I think that scene is hilarious. And the way the mother screams bloody murder. Now, for the unrated version, I expected a liquid expectorant or... Oh, jizz. Okay, jizz. Uh. I expected jizz, <laughs> and that wasn't in the scene. And that would be in a rated R version of anything. Like, is mm. in Something About Mary. It's in, even worse, scary movie. Like, that scene is just 
completely horrible to yeah. the nth of Spooge. Yeah. And this scene didn't even have that. So you're you're mad there wasn't a money shot in the comedy? Is what you're telling me. <laughs> well, it's just it's just logical is all I'm saying. It would maybe it would have sealed the joke. Because I could yeah, it would it would have made the joke really apparent because it just looks like he's being embarrassed. Like really embarrassed. But, but he's also he screaming. keeps yelling that he's it feels good or whatever. No. Like <laughs> I guess I'm supposed to infer that he just came or something. Screams I can't stop coming. Um, so, yeah. you know. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I guess. That, sorry, I didn't get the quote. I've and only seen I this movie love, once. I love that Swordson's like, eh, my mom said you could still sleep over. That's like, a great <laughs> callback. Those things are great. It. I love it. Yeah, it's totally That's fun. good. But also, like, the next time he sees the mom, I would have also expected her to be kind of winky flirtatious just a little bit. But that's, mm-hmm. like, what's already been done before in other comedies like that. Yeah. Yeah, and also, you know, Swardson's getting into the car, and she's really just addressing him because, obviously, there's way too much doting on him anyway. Um, so, you know, I think her focus has shifted, uh, and, and she's in mom mode there. Yeah. Wow. Roommate. 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 <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Well, then he goes and says roommate with three hot chicks, and yeah. uh, and then they all. Well, there's the scene. There's the scene where they all gross out when they realize those are his roommates. Yeah. There is that scene where they're all like, gross. so they do do the old lady thing but they don't do it in the context of this the one old lady they do it in the context of all three of them because he talks about getting it on with all three constantly makes me laugh you you just relate to these guys and you don't relate to the other guys right i don't relate to most of these guys i relate to a couple of them i relate to the asian dude who hates himself yeah yeah i don't personally relate to him on a personal level like i i don't think that way about myself i do think i'm an idiot but that's not the same thing of wanting to kill myself or not wanting to you know live or whatever but i have a friend the friend who lives in seattle who kind of is a moody dude he doesn't necessarily articulate that he gets down on himself like that but it like it's really apparent that he's like nervous or or neurotic and so that and he's a tech guy as well so yeah, imagine yeah, that. yeah I, I relate to certain aspects of the surrounding dudes but i actually wanted to see more of that guy i think he's cool yeah yeah, yeah. some of the i like a lot of the the extraneous characters and i think dante's really funny dante's the closest thing that we have to that um more traditional boomer look at a pot smoking character um but he's still really funny um i i like jonah hill and it's big jonah hill as god intended (laughs) Uh, he looks all right though he's he's looking all right it looks good but there he is he's the yeah the beginning of Jonah Hill. There's just a lot of throughout it. Like I said, that party scene I think is a really good time. Um, and uh, I have a sort of a mental list of fictional parties that I would like to have attended. And this is definitely on that list. Um, now, is the cool girl thing, I want to ask though, is the cool girl thing, because that's the, the moment where she finally seals that she's the cool girl, where she's singing karaoke. Yeah. Now, LB, you weren't ever a karaoke chick, were you? No, it's, well, mostly because I can't sing, and also I'm scared. Okay. But you kind of were your PT-109, Apartment 109. APT-109, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a reference to that old movie, PT-109. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. So you were there, cool girl. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. You um, were decidedly, though, purposefully, as a human being who you are, mm-hmm. you decided upon yourself to be not like all those other girls. Right? <laughs> right. Right. Okay. It's only, re- it's only recently that I've decided to be feminine. Like that, I've really, really, really embraced gender roles. But yeah, I have, I have love and hate for the cool girl because yeah, I always did kind of fashion myself as being the cool girl. So I understand like why you would want to be the cool girl. But what the appeal is for a guy to have a cool girl yeah. as a friend or even a girlfriend, right? But it's also annoying because like you see other cool girls and you're like, ugh, <laughs> ugh she's not cool. cool. Or she's you, oh, cool. you she, do she, say she, she's cool. Well, okay. I mean. I mean, yeah, I mean, both, but mm. I don't know. I guess it's just kind of like an inherent thing for, for girls to compare themselves to each other, you know, to to be kind of catty. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Hard disagree. I mean, I think, really? that that, I think that that is the way that it's depicted in media. I think that that's the story that we've been told certainly my whole life. But, uh, man, I, I am... I got a lot of girlfriends, and, uh, and I don't mean that in it. Like, they're my pals, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And Gail and Oprah right, girlfriends. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, my, my women friends and always have been really close with them. And it's just like, like because we know each other from Twitter, right? And mm-hmm. all of my lady friends that I know on the Twitters, Whenever they post a picture of themselves, it is always us front and center. The other ladies who are, oh my God, you're the most beautiful creature that's ever existed. Mm. You are like, we are the biggest cheerleaders. We are the like drunk girls at the How club. How sincere it's is that? Very. A hundred percent sincere. There's no snark okay, to that. From No, but from you, I can believe, right? Mm-hmm. You're saying yeah. that from your, your, you saying those things that is sincere but then my cynicism is positivity parade i don't go there either because that's where the crowd went a lot of times there's a certain kind of uh, policing that goes along with positivity parade if you do not fall in line get out i understand that i understand that so (laughs) but i don't know how sincere or like going along with it it is well i'll tell you what i curate my little timeline very carefully uh and okay no that makes sense that makes sense so you got you got these people who you trust so i eliminate okay i get what you're saying now anybody Mm -hmm. even because and you can also smell it out you know when somebody's like "Mm, nice shoes you know or whatever it is and that it's uh not genuine and so i'll have nothing to do with that and generally people like that don't want to have anything to do with me and instead Mm -hmm. what i am witness to and participate in and i'm grateful for in my life not only just online but in general is that energy that is that drunk girl at the club in the bathroom energy which is just you know like the most um glorious (laughs) beautiful thing ever (laughs) the most genuinely supportive and uh really earnest and lovely kind of thing and um that's kind of where i operate from with the ladies and i don't even know a lot of of ladies i can't even remember the i mean when i was when i was doing burlesque there was definitely sort of a contingent that was a bit like that 
But as soon as I I really kind of got that vibe, you know, there was a particular company that had a, a few folk like that. And I just didn't work with them. I just took the gigs with different companies where it was this really positive, supportive, not positive because you have to be, not the, did you write in your gratitude journal um, kind of positive, <laughs> but the really like, Bro, I know you may be feeling like this today, but you look great. And, you know, we all get like it's really from a genuine place. And I just have, you know, maybe it's down to my editing my life and my interactions with people. But the minute I get a sniff of that sort of disingenuous thing from girls or from boys, and God knows the boys do it just as much, then I just don't like, you know, you don't really exist so much to me. Um, and uh, makes your life a whole lot better. I'll tell you that much. Like like Donnie, <laughs> like Donnie the ghost, Big Lebowski's ghost, Donnie. <laughs> or not ghost, yeah. but but how is it but, related yeah. to Donnie? I'm sorry, I, I don't. Uh, they don't exist to you, like, like yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah, I let them fade away, um, for sure. Yes. Not Donnie, mm. theoretically. But yeah, so uh, while I I hear what you're saying, LB, I uh-huh. feel like that's a thing that's been fed to us. And we have an expectation of that. And well, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so my perspective is, like, I admittedly have not had very many close friendships with other women, like, my entire life. Like, I've, ha- I've had several girlfriends, but I would call them more, I guess, superficial in a way. Like, we got along really well and we hung out a lot, but, like, we didn't really have, like, a deep friendship. And the ones that I did end up having a, a deeper type of friendship with, like, ended up, like, I guess, backstabbing me in some way what's you know so like i i kind of have like the perspective also i am an aquarius i am a frozen narcissist and i end up comparing myself to other ladies a lot and it kind of like makes me i don't know i, I feel like a bad person no that's you know? just a and real state you are so like i vulnerable i i i'm being very vulnerable right now i think uh, this is like the most vulnerable I've ever been on this podcast, but um, this is a podcast about movies. Uh, it's about, about how we relate to them, though. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But like, I, I guess maybe I'm more uh, petty than some other women, but maybe I'm not. I don't know. See, I've always had really the cool good, girl. intense, cool girl. yeah, intense, close <laughs> friendships with men, too, that were, you know, I have like really intensely, like my, my best friend on the planet is a dude and it is totally Mm -hmm. platonic with us and always has been totally platonic. Like there's never been a thing, Mm -hmm. but then I have a lot of other dude friends that I'm really close with. uh, Maybe sometimes it's not been so platonic and it's fine, you know, but I've been, I guess, lucky enough to have both, both flavors of really, you know, Mm -hmm. um, kind of close friendships. And I think that, that maybe mostly I just, disingenuous stuff turns me off so hard that you've curated it out of your life you know i just uh, i don't need it and and it's so easy to just not do it you know to not interact with it and uh and then the kind of the more you are are dealing with folks who are a little more you know maybe real or willing to be um, vulnerable. I mean, it's all a performance, right? Ultimately, but still, I think I think it's it's better. But I I hear you, and I I think that that's 
a, a super real thing. And while it's not really my experience as much, I, I, I hear you and uh, it's a bummer and it is what we see a lot. Mm -hmm. I think maybe it's because like I like attention so much that like if I see another cool girl getting attention, I'm like, okay, I'm out. Mm. You know, because mm. like that's interesting. You know, like I, I guess that's a, a sort of insecurity that I have is like that sort of weird jealousy. So I'm like, like I, I like I want to get away from it before I actually like start dwelling on it too much and like and feeling bad. Let it hurt me. Yeah, you don't want to feel bad. I get it. Yeah. See, I love yeah. attention. I need, I need all of the attention. Give me all of the attention. <laughs> Give it. Give me the attention. I'm gonna fight you. We're gonna fight. No, no, no. no. Oh, See, kidding. this is this is I'm where kidding. we combine forces, right? Like, okay. This, okay. this is the moment where it's like, I'm not trying to usurp you on this. This is where you can learn that, oh, well, we both benefit from getting more attention if we work together. <laughs> right? Oh, no. <laughs> Watch out, Andrew. Uh, <laughs> you guys are gonna lock arms and say, okay, girls. <laughs> And marching step forward towards a camera. <laughs> Hertz no, commercial. There's no hope for you, Andrew. Yeah, there's not. I'm alone perpetually. Oh I'm a loner. Aww. I'm a loner, Dottie, a rebel. But I Aww. never chose the life. Aww. It chose me. The life chose you. Aww. Let's go to the basement at the Alamo. Yeah, let's meet at the basement of the Alamo, LP. That's like so romantic. <laughs> Isn't it? It sounds romantic, and then it's it like... does, and then there's no basement. I mean, there's obviously no basement, like right. Like... It's the Alamo. That's dumb. Why would there be a? That's dumb. We went to the Alamo a couple years ago, and, and there was no basement. <laughs> there's no Chan hooks either, and it's oh, oddly, it's oddly a very spiritual experience being at the Alamo. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so my big, gra big grandma's boy. Person. I'm surprised that there was no big musical number in Grandma's Boy. Like there a rap. should be. Well, I mean, there yeah. was karaoke. She did that. Yeah. yeah. That's karaoke. That's realistic. Man, good for Linda Cardellini. She did a really good job with that. I mean, That's she's also kind of unexpected. She's also kind of doing some sexy stuff too in that scene. Yeah. Which was fun, and because I never saw her doing sexy stuff ever. In right. A movie. Exactly. Um, right. Even when she's like, oh, "I'm on Mad Men. You, here's me and my brazier and whatever. No, whatever." Mm -hmm. Different. But here she's like she's wearing some sort of halter top thing, and I like halter top. So, mm -hmm. and then her mm -hmm. boobies are moving like, like the other girls aren't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was super very um, like free in that, and uh, and yeah. the fall that she does is great. I mean, it feels like when you're drunk and you're you know <laughs> being silly that way. I like it. So, but no musical number, no real one. Darn it! But why would there be? But they could make it happen. At the end of the movie. Yeah. I mean, uh, those types of movies always have like some sort of musical sort of behind the scenes. Everybody's Oh, that Buttercup song in the whatever. end credits by Cool Keith. That was oh, a, right. That was terrible. Oh, that's a really bad song. A bad rap song. Yeah. 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 Uh, Not good. Uh, I, I love that it exists. I love when mm -hmm. movies have the end song about mm -hmm. the movie. Like Men in Black 3 has the best one of it. Uh, deep blue sea. <laughs> yeah, deeper bluer hat is like a shark's fin. No, um, it's it's this uh, pit bull song, and it's amazing. It really is amazing. It's got all these great samples from what I don't know what. Uh, it's Mickey and Sylvia. 
Mickey and Sylvia. Yeah. It's it's so freaking good. They they use Love is Strange. But. It's incredibly good. The song itself is incredibly good and it kind of in a neat way references the plot of the movie without being too heavy on it. This was just like this is what happens in the movie, but it was done in the crappiest rhyme scheme. <laughs> oh yeah, it was terrible. Uh, agreed. But it's Cool Keith, and apparently Cool Keith is, like, legendary, right? So, like, why is he phoning it in? Then I'm like, is he freestyling this? Does he just have bullet points, and he's just got to make this work? Yeah, just let the guy get paid. You know, like, every everybody's got to pay rent, so just... It's bad. Let it go. It's bad. No, not this time. No. Can we what? talk about the Lebowski soundtrack for a second? Yeah, go ahead. The Lebowski soundtrack is so, like, <sighs> dudes who read... <laughs> You know, talking about like here's here's this obscure Bob Dylan song that no one's ever heard, but it's amazing. And here's this Kenny Rogers song that no one remembers, but it's amazing. Hey, but you know what? It is that that's actually it is. pretty good. That's a good the song. Kenny, Kenny Rogers song. Uh, when I, when I learned that that was Kenny Rogers, I was like, he was in a band before. It was a prog yeah. rock band or whatever. Why did he go country? I don't even like prog rock, but that song's pretty cool. <laughs> Uh, well, I, and I do know Islands in the Stream pretty well. That thing was ubiquitous when it came out. So even as a child, I knew it. So, like, I prefer the whatever song. Grandma's Boy soundtrack? No, the other song. Well, I, I really prefer the Future Heads over everything. Hmm. Great. So mm-hmm. I, I like the Future Heads a lot. Their Hounds of Love is amazing. Yeah, they it is. That acapella version of Hounds of Love is great. Yeah. Well, no, that was an album of acapellas of the stuff that they had previously done. Oh, have you heard that, Taffeta? You like Kate Bush. I love Kate Bush. And no, I was actually just uh, looking that up and adding it. (laughs) Yeah, you should hear that. It's really cool. Yeah, Yeah. I'm very interested. I like the Future Heads a lot. And I was like, oh, Future Head. And it's totally of that era. And they're not a prolific band or anything. They should be. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know if they should be. That's weird. Should a band be prolific just because you like them? No. Right. Definitely no, not. I don't think so. I agree with your uh, thoughts on the Lebowski soundtrack. That it feels a little bit like <sighs> that kind of cooler than thou thing. It feels mm. a little bit like it feels a little tiresome to me. It feels like the the kind of dude who would not like if I was on a date. They would not listen to anything I had to say about music. They would explain <laughs> to me everything that they thought about music. I've been on uh-huh. a lot of dates like that, and I, yeah, I object to it. And and that soundtrack definitely feels like that to me. Um, it's kind of not that it is doing this at all, but uh, I guess around the same time as a first, the second movie actually, Rushmore, Wes Anderson's movies have that kind of. The soundtrack is pulled from obscure sources. Mm-hmm. But so is Tarantino, but Tarantino's a bit more top 40, I think. Or AM, AM Gold. I think. Uh, yeah. Which means it was popular at the time. Right. But uh, even though Wes Anderson has some, a couple of like Rolling Stones songs or whatever, he also has much more obscure things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it, this movie reminded me of. But they're contemporary. They're like super contemporary, these two movies. So... Mm-hmm. Maybe it was just like in the Zeitgeist at the time to do this. Maybe. Okay. So, Grandma's Boy. 
We know other people who really like Grandma's Boy, too. Emilio loves it. Emilio, who um, oh, yeah. he, he writes for Gumpire. Um, he's been on our podcast. No, he, that was my episode, though. That was your episode about uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween. That I hate. And Black, Black Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, that I love. Yeah, Emilio's a funny dude, but uh, yeah, he loves Grandma's Boy. Like, as soon as you... Um, mentioned that you wanted to do grandma's boy i was like oh emilio yeah so you, yeah. Should, you should talk to emilio yeah, I, definitely I definitely will and you know it's funny because lebowski is just so beloved by such a large swath mm-hmm. of people that i i don't even tend to say anything about it because generally rather than having a discussion about it like we just have it's just people who get very shouty and all capsy <laughs> and like no you're wrong and like well right you know now i know one woman who likes it but that's all i know <laughs> she's that a one cool woman. girl and she she's is a cool, cool girl. girl she is a template cool girl she is a punk version yeah hardcore yeah, yeah well, you know those things like on film twitter that go around they're like you know coen brothers rankings or whatever if i see one of those and lebowski's like in the top five i'm like i no like i don't want to talk to this person ever yeah yeah no whenever i see anybody make even a a, a glancing reference about miller's crossing which is arguably one of my top favorite movies ever i it's my mm. i love that i talk like that all the time um i open things with what's the rumpus constantly i it's tremendous and uh, you know that that one i think i wish I wish it got a little more love. I wish it got the level of love that Lebowski does, um, you know, because I think it has the stylized elements. It's really beautiful. Um, and it's got that terrific language, lots of great performances and stuff. It's really just a delight, um, but kind of gets overlooked sometimes. Well, it's not pop. You know, Lebowski's pop. True, true. Yeah. yeah. You know, if they want to make, if you want to say like which Coen Brothers movies are pop art, like it's, it's going to be uh, Raising Arizona and this one. God, yeah. I love Raising Arizona. I think that Andrew and I have talked about our mutual absolute adoration for Raising Arizona before, and yeah, yeah, just the best. Everything about it is so great. That's my intro to their their work, and it's nothing really lives up to it. Yeah fantastic amazing every everything else can be great but nothing still lives up to that one i agree i mean my introduction to them Uh, was blood simple i saw blood simple in the theater but lucky um, yeah yeah uh but uh uh and i love that one i mean i'm a big noir fan and uh it's it's gorgeous great that thing is great it's great but the fun of raising Arizona, the fact that it's like a live action cartoon, the actor, like mm-hmm. everything about it, every moment is great. And um, it's yeah, also one of the dang loudest movies I've ever seen, <laughs> which is the only thing that keeps me from watching it all the time. Is so it's so loud. Everybody's yelling there's a lot all of the time, constantly. Man, there's a there's a guy running for governor of Texas right now. His last name is Huffines. <laughs> and every time we're like unpainted half hands yeah every time Ugh. every time God. yeah i love it so uh, have we covered all the bases on grandma's boy i think we may have yeah i feel like it okay a raunchy adult oriented but um not necessarily for boomers 
Gen X age and below, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I can see this. Okay, so like, you if you're having people over, let's say you're just you know you're having a little party. It's not a big party, but it's like just a little party, and you you want to put on a movie, just you know, to hang out with or whatever i would probably go for grandma's boy before i would go for big lebowski you can put them both on hey it's a double feature (laughs) the stoner double feature isn't that what we just did big lebowski would wind down the the evening yeah and i hate stoner comedy i'm sorry but like i absolutely hate stoner humor it's not usually funny i'm a big stoner but i agree it's not usually funny so like anything in grandma's boy that like involves like a bong joke or something i'm like freeze that but like (laughs) the rest of it is fine it didn't seem to actually hinge too much on that like um pineapple express was really stonery i love pineapple express though oh see i don't like that once it got away from doing the triple spliff whatever thing yeah then it got into the the situational comedy of it and the action and then you were like on yeah yeah i don't i don't like that one i don't think it's funny Mm. maybe i should revisit that too and i don't i haven't seen it in a very long time neither is elby so maybe maybe it needs more jonah hill Mm. he's not in it right (laughs) that's why it needs more yeah maybe i should revisit that one um but yeah i remember really being disappointed in that and and honestly most kind of classically stoner or like really specifically targeted as stoner comedies i don't usually like them and that it seems like i should uh given <laughs> given the amount that i imbibe but i think it's uh just yeah most of it's just too kind of dumb i think like i can still be smart and yeah. high you know like that's the thing is, yeah. is you can totally be smart and high Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Well, I really don't. No. You're a good boy. I don't know. Yeah, I'm a good boy. Which implies that everybody else boy. is bad. But no, <laughs> I'm not judging everybody. It might actually be bad. Not me. Well, I guess that's it, huh? I think so. Thank you for joining the Grumpire Podcast. <laughs> You're talking like Maud. <laughs> sort of, sort of. I was imagining myself with a house coat, an ascot, and yes, a white Russian in my hand, <laughs> or a white Ukrainian. A white Ukrainian. Yes. Yeah. Perhaps a pipe. A pipe with um yeah. bubbles in it, like Bart, like Bart Simpson. Like there you go. Bubbles. I yeah. guess yeah. I didn't watch Bart Simpson either. That's when he goes to the. Uh, he's hanging out with Hef. Okay, Elvi. You were closing out the show just fine. <laughs> now you got to get on the Simpsons podcast. <laughs> Okay. Well, thank you, Taffeta. Thank you so much for having me. I like talking with you guys, and it was fun to watch these movies. I, I, I really did think that this would be the time where I might turn the corner on Lebowski, but sadly. I don't think it's happening. It's, I don't think it's happening. Uh, I'm not going to revisit it from here on out. I think I'm done. I, I, I definitely like it more than you're you done? do, but it just might you're, be you're because done. I'm a guy. But <laughs> But Elby liked it also more than you do. And I did. She, she's not I a did. guy, so. I did like it more this time, but I mean, still. Yeah, yeah. Still. Fandom. Fandom. Alrighty. Well, Thanks, thank Taffy. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, I, I, okay, so I wanted to mention, because I was like, I don't like stoner movies, blah, 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 right? But, mm-hmm. like, these 
these two have merit in their own ways. But I did want to mention another stoner movie that we didn't even go near, and I'm like flummoxed, is that a word? That uh, we didn't even mention it, and that's Greg Araki's Smiley Face. Oh, did we not? No. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's probably the most charming stoner movie. Yeah. In, I mean, that, in, I just wanted to drop opinion. that one. Like, yeah, I just wanted to. Anna Ferris is super funny, and all the yeah. supporting cast is pretty great. Yeah. It's really for the funny. most part. It's, for the most part. <laughs> There's uh, a certain Masterson in this film as well. Oh, <laughs> playing himself. Um. Yeah. <laughs> uh. By the way, can I just comment on people who insist upon placing the words, in my opinion, on top of your opinion? Like, I, what's that about? Like, obvi- obviously, nah. if I'm saying something, it's my opinion. Yeah, but, nah, but, <laughs> but, here's why, here's why, here's why. Because uh, most of the time, though, opinions are, are presented as, it's obviously a person's opinion, <laughs> but it's presented as a definite. And this is the thing that people need, in my opinion, for. Well, that is something they should get over because, you know, people say don't speak in absolutes, but sometimes your opinion is an absolute to yourself. So there's like, there's no reason to be mad about that. Elvie, we're not, we're not evolved that far yet. (laughs) We need more gray matter. We need bigger brains for that. Okay. Bigger brains. Yeah. We should all just embrace post-structuralism and get on with our lives. Okay. (laughs) Hey, I wanted to ask uh, this question. Yeah. Which I thinking about our discussion about the big Lebowski with Taffeta. She yeah. mentioned something about Lebowski being a boomer movie. Right. We, we kind of we talked about that for a second, but like I was thinking about this later on. The Coen brothers kind of have a hold on the concept of boomer movie. Like, like pretty much everything that they have made. There are a few exceptions, which I'm sure you will argue in a moment. But everything that they've made like comes from their love of a certain uh, or different type. I think they of... deconstruct it. I think they're yeah, like, like postmodern the... okay. in their okay. boomer making. But well, yeah, when you when you think about all the, the stuff that they've made that are, are very rich in noir, you yeah. know, and, and Lebowski is famously uh, described as a stoner in noir. The, the things that they, they use that are influenced by are, are very boomer-esque. So, so you're saying that they're like doing it transgressively or, or yes yes very much i mean hudsucker proxy is a love letter but it mm-hmm. also deconstructs in various ways and, and exposes uh, like that magical realism mm-hmm. just it's a work of artifice like hudsucker proxy is that it's a completely artificial like this can't happen right <laughs> but at the same time it has the uplifting still true to like a frankie capra sort of thing mm-hmm. feel right right but furthermore you got like their listless uh, burn after rating. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a it like kind of doesn't a lot of their jokes is that it doesn't go anywhere like the end of this movie like is it wait they did kind of solve the case and I never thought that they did so it, I, I think it's really like they just take the things that they love about it mm-hmm. and kind of punk them like right. subvert them a lot of times I mean I don't think that's the case in something like uh, True Grit I think they just remade a movie that they really liked mm-hmm. and, and made it better right so the Bowski though just seems like really really steeped in this this boomerism and i think a lot of that has to do with uh, Walter. Um, oh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. A, aside from the Vietnam detective vet. story, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I still agree with with Taffeta, where that seems like a kind of negative thing for this movie. Like that's that's on the uh, the con side of mm. Lebowski. Mm. 
even though overall the Coens are very boomerish, but like it's just really annoying in, in Lebowski. As Gen X, yeah, Gen X center point Gen X, I grew up on a lot of uh Coen Brothers stuff, which yeah. was speaking to gen x people right which, which is totally crazy like how how that happens how other generations inform the new generation yeah. and a lot of times you know the 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 following generation is just like kind of rebelling against the one that came before them right but in this case you take all these these things that, that they loved growing up and they squeeze out all the positive aspects of them and and like you said love letter right so yeah. as gen xer we pick up what's good about boomer stuff and uh, I, it's filtered it's filtered yeah. through through um right. maybe a, a more idiosyncratic or refined. Right. like i could care less i could seriously care less about <laughs> something like uh the graduate i don't care about it uh -huh. but th that sort of thing gets filtered and filtered mm. and filtered through other people who are different types of artists and like i said kind of punk i mean these guys wrote with sam raimi on some mm -hmm. really whacked out crap so and it's really frenetic and kinetic and crazy so they brought that to their stuff and until they start growing up within their films and you know yeah. we get what we get now but it started with raising arizona which right. the term i've heard being used is cow punk even though i don't think it is uh, no i wouldn't say that it's not campy enough it's well cow punk being that they live in a trailer park sort of thing well yeah or, in a trailer it's more genuine yeah. than, than what cow punk is it's not campy it's yeah. crazy it's yeah. zany right it's not campy right so yeah uh that that's the punk aspect to what i think they where they came from but i mm -hmm. can't think of these guys as punks like to look <laughs> at them i know <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean so anyway it, i i just think it's interesting how um these values or, or maybe not values but like the, whatever these aspects of what previous generations love end up trickling down i hate that term trickling down but into ma making something completely new and i don't i don't know i don't know if that really happens as much <laughs> today whatever i don't know if it really does either <laughs> who knows who knows yeah it reminds me of i think actually mike vanderbilt said something about this uh on twitter about how you can't really find like cool old vintage stuff in thrift stores anymore because like all the clothes that people are turning in now are just like cheap crap from old navy oh yeah you know what i mean <laughs> like that's that's how yeah. like art is going from generation to generation now maybe right wow that's so, interesting it's yeah. very interesting yeah okay all right so we got to do our uh, due diligence how yeah. can we find taffeta taffeta is on Twitter at Taffeta V. That's T A F F E T A V. V is in Victor because she is the Victor of this podcast. Yeah. Also, um, she does have a website called TaffetaV.com. So it's the same spelling, but with .com. Right, well, that's completely concise. Yes. Right there. Yes. Taffeta V. Check out her stuff. Yeah. It's very cool. Um, I'm glad we had her on. Yeah. All right. Bye. <laughs> bye.